Man, worship is the best way to start service, right? Like, it's awesome to just come into the presence of God, and then, you know, it just sets the tone, right? And let me tell you, I am so pumped to share this message today. We're starting this new series. Crispy brought it up last week, but it's from the heart. And so the idea is I want to share a message that has been on my heart, right, and something that's been really challenging towards me, right? And so let's put up the title. The title of this is called From Fandom to Kingdom, and I feel like I like that title a little bit, but the, this is the idea, and this is something I've talked about a couple weeks ago, very briefly. I was told that I could only talk two minutes last time, so I didn't really say anything about it, but it's the idea that there's this huge difference, right, between admiring Jesus in the things he teaches us and truly following Jesus, right? And we hear that a lot in church. We hear that a lot. I'm going to move this, this. I don't want to run into this thing, so. There's this idea we have that the way to follow, and what we're talking about today is living sacrificially, right? right? And when you hear that, you're like, ah, oh, man, right? Like, we're talking about this again. Every, every pastor tells us to live sacrificially, right? And I just want to start by saying this. What I'm about to tell you, I believe that we have a very bad misconception of what living sacrificially means, right? Because we're, we're told that the way to live sacrificially is just burn your diplomas, right? Do everything you can, get rid of everything that is not for Jesus, right? Which isn't necessarily wrong, but let me just tell you that this message is going to talk about living sacrificially in a completely different way, right? So before we start, let's jump into scripture. So if you have your Bible or your actual Bible, most of you guys probably have a Bible, turn to Matthew 19. And as you turn there, we're going to talk about what Matthew 19 is talking about. We're talking this very specific story about Jesus is approached by this rich man, right? And we've probably heard this story all the time. This guy is seeking a very specific answer from Jesus, and that is how to receive eternal life. And this message right here is pretty convicting in my opinion. So let's jump right in. We are in verse 16. It says, just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? And Jesus said, why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good, and if you want to enter life, keep his commandments. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony. Honor your mother and father, and love your neighbor as yourself. And I love what he says here. He says, all these things I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? And Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor. And you have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Everyone say, follow me. I was weak. I said, everyone say, follow me. All right. And it says right here, when the young man heard what Jesus said, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Let's pray real quick. Jesus, we're grateful to be here and learn what you are trying to teach us about living sacrificially, God. I pray that as I bring the word today, God, that you just speak new life into this message, Lord. I'm grateful to be here today. I'm grateful for everyone that's here. I pray that you just speak to them in a new way. In Jesus' name. Everybody say it. All right. So before we jump in, let me ask you guys a question. How many of you guys pay your own bills? Anybody? If you're not raising your hand as a young adult, I think it's kind of sad. Am I not wrong about that? Okay. Raise your hand if you're over 20. Okay, I feel like I got more hands of over 20 than I did paying my own bills, which is a little scary in my opinion. 
All right, so I asked that question because bills are a necessity to life, right? But they suck. I hate paying my bills, right? Like I, let me tell you the story. When I first moved out of my house, I moved to go do this church plant. That was my first ministry position. I went to go do this church plant and I moved five hours away from home, right? And so I had to get an apartment and that was the scariest thing I've ever experienced, right? Because <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to live on my own. My mom, you know, my mom told me to do my laundry when I needed to do my laundry, you know? Like, how am I supposed to pay for things? And that was the exact issue I ran into, right? I ran into the issue of as soon as I started living on my own, one, I needed money to do laundry, right? Which sucks. I needed money to feed myself. I needed money to pay my electricity. I needed money to pay my rent, right? I needed to pay my insurance, which I was already doing when I lived with my parents. But anyways, these bills stacked up, right? And that was an awakening call for me, right? Because it was this heaviness that came onto me and I was stressed all the time, right? Now, in that time of my life, I had this one friend. I don't know if I'd call him a friend. He was more of a coworker, but he was obsessed with Bitcoin. How many of you guys buy into Bitcoin? Nobody? Yeah, because we're all poor, right? Travis, you buy, in, you buy into Bitcoin? Wow. Everyone say, good job, Travis. All right, so this guy was obsessed with Bitcoin, right? And in fact, his friend, he, he would always tell me the story how his friend told him all the time when he was young to buy into Bitcoin, right? Right when it was like really cheap, really cheap. And he owns like eight Bitcoin, I think, which is worth like $500,000, I think now. And he would always be like happy, joyful, and he'd always be so excited. And he would always brag to me, right? And he'd always walk around the store like, I used to work at King Supers, not the best place to work. Anyways, he worked in the produce aisle and he'd walk around singing songs to all the customers about Bitcoin, right? That's, I don't want to live a life like that. But anyways, he would always sing songs about Bitcoin because he was so joyful. And he'd always tell me, Desmond, why do you not invest in Bitcoin? You could be giving $100 out of your paycheck, every paycheck, and look where you'd be set, right? And I was like, nah, dude, you're stupid. Bitcoin's stupid, right? But look at him. He's in a way better place financially than I am, right? Like he is set for life if he keeps that Bitcoin. And look where I'm at, right? I can't even afford to fill up my tank anymore, right? <laughs> How many of you guys have that issue? Yeah, yeah, we all do, right? We're all just a little bit poor. We're all young. So, but that guy set himself up for success because he knew the power in investment, right? And this guy in the story, this rich man, he very specifically knew the rules that were set aside for him, right? And I asked you guys about the bills because a bill is a lot like a rule, right? Like you have a bill and you have to pay it. You know that's a requirement, right? And this man came to Jesus and he said, I know the rules you told me to do. And I followed every single rule that you told me to do, right? And Jesus was like, okay, cool, bro. Like, I imagine this guy came up all confident. was like, hey, dude, like, I want to know how to get eternal life. And Jesus is like, well, follow my commandments. Don't kill people. Don't honor your mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. And he's like, dude, I did all that. What else do you need from me? And Jesus says, sell all your possessions and give to the poor, right? And the man, it says, he turned away sad because he had so many possessions, right? And we see these very specific ideas of the difference between a bill and an investment, right? Like the guy knew the rules. And my first point is, I think I jumped ahead a little bit. Rules are easier than sacrifice, right? Because we, he knew the rules. He knew that Jesus told him to follow the commandments and to the best of his ability. None of us can fully follow the commandments, right? He probably couldn't either. But he said, I was faithful. I tried to do this to the best of my ability. What else do you need from me? And Jesus said, sacrifice, 
right? And that is a crazy idea because the man knew so well that he was faithful to God. But yet God said, if you really want to be faithful to me, you have to sacrifice, right? So it's rules are easier than sacrifice. And let me rephrase that. Bills are easier than investment, right? Like sharing my story, I had bills and I knew I had to pay them. So I paid them, even if it brought my account negative, right? But I never invested a dime because I felt like that was a sacrifice I wasn't willing to make, right? And that's what this guy did, right? He had a sacrifice put before him and he said, this is how you receive eternal life. And he couldn't do it. He couldn't sacrifice the money for eternal life. And the rewards, Jesus even tells us, the rewards in heaven are so much better, so much greater, so much, you can have so much wealth in heaven, right? Yet he chose his worldly wealth over the eternal reward, right? And Jesus gives us a clear statement here. Eternity requires investment, right? He was saying that it's not good enough that you follow all these rules. It's not good enough that you did all these things that I said were good, right? Like he says, these are how you can be close to me. But he says, it requires more to get to eternity. And it actually seems pretty simple to us, right? Like if Jesus, you knew he was God, right? You're standing in front of him and you're like, yo, dude, how do I get up there to party with you up there? And he's like, well, dude, just sell all your stuff and give it to the poor. And you're like, nah, bruh, right? That's what this guy did. He's like, I can't do that, right? Because his possessions had more value than he saw in eternity, right? He came, he came wanting eternity, right? And yet he walked away sad because he could not see himself giving away to the poor, right? And what we're talking about, actually, I just almost fast forward, sorry. I'm gonna tell you this story. There's this guy, has anyone heard the name Steve Anderson? No? I'm trusting you have. Someone shakes their head, yes, whoa, okay. So Steve Anderson, he's an angel investor. And if you don't know what an angel investor is, they're people with a lot of income, right? And what they do is they invest that money and they make money back from companies, right? Specifically startups. And this guy named Steve Anderson invested $500,000 into the social media startup, okay? And he invested that trusting, not knowing, he made a sacrifice saying, I'm gonna give this money trusting that this is gonna take off and I'm gonna get more of a return than I put in, right? And that company is called Instagram, all right? And so Instagram, five years later, only five years later, sold to Facebook for $1 billion. That's crazy, right? I can't imagine that much money. And what happened was Steve saw the return in his investment was so much higher because he trusted and he made that sacrifice, right? Because Steve knew the power in investment. You see, we live in a world that we are told to chase our dreams, right? And that's okay. Like we chase dreams that are great, right? Like some of you maybe nursing, some of you, whatever it is, right? Like all these different dreams, we all have them, right? But sometimes I feel personally that we put our personal desires and our personal dreams above following Jesus, right? And that's what Jesus is saying here is this man, it was not the fact that he had the wealth, right? It was the fact that he chose to choose his wealth over following Jesus. And what we see here is that one, he turned away sad. He did not receive eternal life, but also this man, he chose himself. He was selfish, right? And that's what Jesus is saying, be selfless, right? And so I'm gonna share a little story. This is gonna be painful for me to do, okay? So one of my biggest passions in life 
is music, right? This is a janky guitar. Um, it's, I've had it for years though. Like it's followed me probably the last four cities I've moved to and it is, I love it, right? It sits up on my mantle, I love it, right? Because I love music, that's a passion of mine, right? I will write music, I love doing it. I've been working on an album, that's a dream of mine, is to put out an album, right? It's my biggest passion in life. But what we think and what we've been raised to learn is that Jesus tells us to sell these things and get rid of these things, right? He tells us to sacrifice these things and follow me. See? But what did that just do? Nothing, right? That did absolutely nothing. That did not make me love Jesus more because it's not about me, right? Let that soak in. The fact that I made that sacrifice and broke that means nothing. Because what Jesus is saying in this story is sell it to the poor and give it to the poor, right? He's not saying, hey, dude, go burn all your money, right? And follow me. He's not saying that. Because what Jesus is saying is, you have the ability to further my kingdom. If you make an investment right now, if you give your money to the poor, just wait and see what I'm going to do with that, right? But instead, the man saw the immediate, right? He saw the immediate money. He saw that he was rich. He saw that he worked for that, right? Like, that's what we think a lot in our world, that we make all this money. I earn this money. Why would I give it away, right? But Jesus is saying, do the opposite, because watch what that investment is going to return to my kingdom, right? But instead, if I break this thinking that this, breaking my guitar, shattering something that God gave me, a talent God gave me, and choosing that that is sacrifice, I really don't think that's what Jesus is trying to teach us, right? Because what use is that to the kingdom of God, right? Because sacrifice is more than just losing that. Because if it's about losing that, then you're just trying to create a self-image for yourself, right? Look at what I sacrificed. Look at what I gave to the kingdom of God, right? And Jesus is like, hey, dude, it's not about that, right? It's about what my kingdom is going to do in the world to the lost and the broken, right? And it's about the, the resources and the things you bring to that, right? So it's not about me. And the point is, the investment is not about the investors. And I know what you're thinking. What? That doesn't make sense. I invest in things to be able to get a return, right? But Jesus is saying the opposite, right? He's saying that when you invest in the kingdom of God, it makes you second, right? It's not about what you're going to see. He does promise us a reward, right? But he doesn't say that's what it's about. We're not giving our money and we're not selling everything we have and giving it to the poor to see the return that Jesus is going to give us. Instead, we're doing that to be selfless and say, it is not about me. It is about that people out there that are lost and broken, right? And that's what it means to live really sacrificially. So the investment is not about the investors. Going back to the Steve Anderson guy, none of you guys have ever heard of him, right? That's because it doesn't matter about him, right? Sure, maybe he had a key role financially in funding this to becoming Instagram where it is today, right? But none of you have heard of him because it's about the product, right? And when you invest your items, your music talents, your money, whatever it is, every possession you have, if you invest that talent, that ability, your diploma, your degree, whatever it is, right? If you invest that in the kingdom of God instead of just burning it, watch what God does, right? Because the kingdom of God is useless without the resources God asks us to give it, right? 
Sorry, I, I feel like I just poured out a lot, so. <laughs> and let me restate this. I'm not saying burn your diplomas, right? And I, I hope I got that point across because if you're doing that, you're doing it for the wrong reasons, right? Because God has given you passions and given you desires to chase things that he can use in his kingdom, right? All I'm saying is if you are more focused on your passions and wants than you are on the lost and the broken, it's worth serious reflection, right? And I've done this in my own life, like music-wise, right? Like there was a point where I thought I was the musician, right? Like I play a lot of instruments, I jump around, and I thought that was what I was supposed to do, right? And I was like, this is who I am. This is not a tool I'm going to give to God, but this is who I am, right? And God does not want your identity in the things he gives you, right? He wants your identity in him and what he's going to do, right? And so he uses those things. And let me tell you one more story of sacrifice. Recently, if you guys don't know, I work at a different church. I'm a resident, and I don't get paid, and I work 50 more hours, so... I work a lot of hours and I don't get paid. And that's really hard, right? But I remember when I, before I came here, I was praying. And I, I almost, I went through a really hard situation at my old church. They said some really hurtful things. It was probably the hardest challenge of my faith that I've ever been through. And I almost gave up on God. And I said, God, I am about to be done with ministry. I just can't do this anymore. That's how hurt I was. And I was mad at God. I was mad at people. And I remember I heard, not audibly, but I you know that when you feel like God is speaking to you, right? And it was, are you going to give up on me after everything I brought you through, right? And that was the moment where I realized, man, am I going to choose to be a fan of what Jesus teaches me, right? To be kind to others, to love others, all that's the great stuff. Or am I going to choose to follow him and make sacrifices for his kingdom, right? And I was working a great job. I made like a lot more money than I probably should have, but... <laughs> Basically, I gave up that job. I remember God telling me, you are going to come here to Denver. You are going to come to this church, and that is where I'm sending you next. And I was like, well, God, this doesn't pay me, and that's a lot of hours, right? Like, what am I going to do? And that was a sacrifice that when I felt like I wanted to make that sacrifice, I bought into that idea, right? And I made that sacrifice, and I laid down things, financial stability, all those things, those things that scare us, right? I laid those things down, and I said, God... I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to give this to you, right? And what I saw God do was amazing, right? Like, God has made these relationships here. God has blessed me. There's been times where my account was way more negative than it probably should have. And God has brought the exact amount of money I've needed, right? And that's because when God tells us to follow him, he's also going to provide for us, right? And so that sacrifice was a sacrifice I was willing to make because I made this clear line between what it meant to admire Jesus and what it meant to follow him, right? And one more reflection on what the man said. He chose fandom over kingdom, right? That's the title of his message. He chose that it was easier to be a fan of Jesus than it was to follow his kingdom because following his, his kingdom is one of the hardest things you could do, right? Because you're choosing to sacrifice your own personal desires, your own personal liberties, and become second, right? And that is not easy. That is the hardest thing any of us can do. And I think we've all experienced that, right? Because Jesus wants to refine you. I love how we talked about that scripture. Jesus wants to refine you and make you a tool for his kingdom, right? 
And the other thing we learned from him is he gave into the instant and lost the reward because it was easy for him. He saw the jingle of his money, right? I imagine Scrooge McDuck, he was that rich, right? Like, I don't have a picture, but, you know, Scrooge McDuck would dive into his piles of cash, right? Like, that's what I picture. Like, he had in the back of his head, he's like, man, he's telling me to sell all this stuff, but it means I wouldn't have my mansion. That means I wouldn't have my stack of cash I could dive into. Like, I don't know about this following Jesus thing, right? And that's, that was the challenge. Jesus knew this guy's heart, right? He knew that he was going to choose fandom of Jesus over kingdom, right? So he gave into the instant and lost the reward. So I have one simple question for you. How do you want to leave tonight, right? And I know that's a cheesy question, but I showed you a man that chose the wrong choice, right? And Jesus makes it clear this man chose the wrong choice because he chose it was okay to be a fan, right? He chose that it was okay to love Jesus and yet keep him on the side of my mind, right? And have all my worldly desires and have all these things, but choose that Jesus was this great idea, right? And I think we, a lot of us do that. I did that for a long time. When I came, I didn't come to faith till high school. And when I first came to faith, it was like, man, I love Jesus, but I love the idea of Jesus, right? Like, I'm not willing to really give up these things. I'm not really willing to um, die of myself and serve someone else, right? And fast forward, when I graduated high school, that's another wall I hit, right? Like, I was wanting to be in ministry, but I realized that being in ministry meant I had to die of myself and become second, right? And that's not an easy idea. So how do you want to leave tonight? Do you want to leave like the man that had much wealth, right? Because it says he left sad because he had so many possessions. And the fact is, God doesn't, like I said, God doesn't want you to sell those possessions. God wants you to use those not for yourself, right? Because you could be doing things, you could be getting a degree to make $100,000 a year, right? But what are you doing with that? You can't take that to eternity, right? And that's what Jesus is saying. You can't take that there, but instead give it to me and trust me with it. And your reward in heaven will be so much higher. Let's read the last part of this here. It says, oh, I lost my spot here. Hold on. Okay, here we go. It says, Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you will have followed me. Oh, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wives or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. I think this shows a very clear character of God, right? Character is for the lost. Character, or Jesus, character. Jesus is for the lost. Jesus is for the broken, right? And that's what he's saying when he said, sell all your possessions and give it to the poor. He wasn't saying that as a, hey, this is a test, bro, like of your submission to me, right? Because Jesus doesn't, Jesus is not like that, right? Jesus is not like, this is, I'm only going to tell you to burn these things and get rid of these things because that's me testing your submission to me. But in fact, God wants to turn that double-edged sword, right? Where it's like, I'm testing if you're going to follow me and trust me, but also I'm going to use what you're bringing as a tool to further my kingdom and reach the lost and broken. And that's why it says those that are first will be last, right? 
Because those that choose to be first in this world, those that choose to be a fan of Jesus over a follower of Jesus, those people will be last in the kingdom of God, right? And that's a hard thing to think about. So how do you wanna leave tonight? Do you wanna leave like that man that is last now, right? He is the last. Or do you wanna be the person that goes into eternity knowing I gave everything I had to this kingdom and I sold everything I had and I sacrificed every way I could in order to be closer to his kingdom and to see his kingdom in this world, right? So my final question is, do you wanna be an admirer of his kingdom or a champion of it? And that's a hard question, right? Because to be a champion of it, it is not about getting strong. It's about dying of yourself and choosing that it's not about me anymore, right? And we're taught that all the time, that it's about me, it's about what I want, it's about what I need, right? But Jesus is saying, no, if you trust me, and if it's not about you, I'm gonna provide everything you need, every financial need, every physical need, everything, right? You just have to trust me. So are you gonna be an admirer of his kingdom or a champion of it? Let's pray. Jesus, we're just, we wanna serve you, God. We wanna follow you with everything we are. I pray that every person here sees that it's time to make a decision, God. That if maybe they're choosing fandom, God, maybe they saw who you are and they love the ideas of you, but yet they're not willing to lay things down and sell all they have and give it to your people, God. May they make that decision today. May you speak to them in a way that only you can, God. Not every word, there's not a single word I can say, God, that will tell them to do something, but only you speaking in their hearts. May you do that today. In Jesus' name. Everybody say it.